What is it about people who are into using drugs and alcohol that there's this wafting distortion that flies out from them and into the minds of people who love them? I'm not talking about casual use of drugs or alcohol. That's really common and normal. I'm talking about drug addiction and alcoholism. And if you've ever loved an addict or alcoholic, and I have, it is like brain poison. There's this like vibrating disconnection between what you believe you're okay with and what you'll accept and what you're seeing and what you are de facto accepting. They're taking risks, big risks. They're being belligerent. They're embarrassing you. They're probably lying to you about it because that's what addicts do in the presence of people who disapprove of them. And I don't like it when people lie. I hate it when people lie, in fact. And I hate it when people are really loaded around me. It's very uncomfortable. I've always hated it. But I used to stick around for it. So everybody has different standards around this. You might have different standards than me. Whatever your standard is, when a partner dips below that standard around acceptable amounts of drugs and alcohol, you may have found yourself reflexively going into control mode. Like instead of stepping back from the behavior of theirs that you find unacceptable, you lunge forward and try to make them stop. And as you may have noticed, that doesn't make them stop. And it's usually pretty crazy making for you when you're in it. Because when you're in it, controlling the other person, it feels like it's your only option. That's the brain poison. What happens when you let go of the person so that you can just see what happens, what they do? My letter today is from a YouTube commenter who goes by the handle eBuns, which is sort of funny in light of how serious this is. And eBuns writes, I have a boundary between me and my boyfriend. I don't want him to smoke or do weed. Um, I've got the fairy pencil. I'm going to read through and circle what I want to come back to in a second reading because I think I can help. All right. All right. If he did smoke or do weed, I said I would leave the relationship. Am I being controlling or is this a reasonable boundary? I set this since day one and it's been two years. Recently, he told me he did smoke weed not too long ago and didn't tell me until now. We've had an issue with this before where he smoked during our relationship and we had a break. Now that it's happened again, but after more than a year later, am I being too harsh for wanting to end things just because of that? Honestly, I still love him so much and it's breaking my heart to leave someone because of my one boundary. Was I asking too much? I don't know if it's worth staying with him and continuing to make sure he's not doing cigarettes or weed or to just leave him and let him live his life, even if it does mean breaking each other's hearts. All right. E-buns. <laughs> I can help you with this. This is something I have a lot of experience with. And I think that you're seeing things slightly in black and white. I'm going I'm to talk about what you wrote and I'm going to show you a middle, a middle way. Okay. So um, you write, I have a boundary. I don't want him to smoke or do weed. If he did, I said I would leave the relationship. So when you say, I don't want him to smoke or do weed, that's a preference, and a preference is a perfectly fine thing to have. It's not exactly a boundary because you don't leave him when it happens. And I'm not saying you've done this wrong. I'm just saying you may have had the intention of leaving when he did this, but after two years together, you have the context of a relationship where this has now happened twice. And the weight of the, the thing he does that is against how you want things and the rest of the relationship is changing, perhaps, your boundary. And so for now, can we just call it a preference? You have a very strong preference that's important to you that you don't want him smoking, I guess, cigarettes or, or, or smoking weed or doing weed. 
and, um, and you haven't left, and you might feel kind of like confused or conflicted about that. But first of all, it's okay not to have left. You get to like rethink this right now about what do you want to do right now. So just pressure off. Just Let's just think this through. Okay. So are you being controlling or is this a reasonable boundary? It could be controlling and there's a re I have reason to believe that there's some controlling energy going on and I'll get to that. But it is a reasonable boundary. You said you've had it since day one and it's been two years. It's, it's reasonable. Many people really, it's totally important to them and that's fair that they do not want to be with somebody who smokes or does weed. That's totally fair. Um, I, I know plenty of people who also have that about alcohol because, for example, they are recovering alcoholics. If there was somebody who drinks, that might not feel safe for them. Other people who are alcoholics, they're like, fine, I'm okay with other people drinking. I feel secure in my, you know, people do this all different ways is my point. There's no one right way to do this, okay? But you get to decide, are you actually okay with it? Are you actually okay with it? And um, I'm just gonna hold for you the possibility that your standards have changed in two years, okay? It is okay if your standards changed. It's okay if they have not changed. Some people really cannot have this. Some people realize, eh, you know, in the context of things, maybe this is okay with me or I can continue to see how it goes. But there would be a lot to talk about about the way there was dishonesty about it, okay? So recently he told you he did smoke weed not too long ago and he didn't tell you until now. And you've had an issue with it before where he smoked during the relationship and you had a break over it. But you went back to him after that and I assume there were promises, he won't do it, and now he broke the promise. I'm assuming that's what it is. Now that it's happened a year later, am I being too harsh for wanting to end things? I think the question is more, do you want to end things? If you want to end things, it's fair because it's, it's, just, it's just really important to you. If you want to end things, that's okay. You're not being too harsh. But I think more the question is, is that actually what you want? Or have your feelings evolved to a point where you possibly have room for him to be who he is with his occasional use? And I realized, like, if you were to say yes to that, I realize there's an implied threat. It would go out of control. It could affect you in other ways. You know, there may be repercussions down the line that you're not willing to have, that you really do mean business. If you really mean business and you will not put up with somebody who does this, I would say, yes, you kind of... That then you do, you know, that it would not be fair to keep having a relationship with him. Um, he's, he's a consenting adult. He can make any promises he wants, but right now his promises seem a little shaky. And I would venture to say he, he wants the relationship so much <laughs> that he makes promises he can't really keep. That's where it is. So many people date people who have occasional use and there's no issue so it's really about what you want it's what you want ebuns <laughs> i'm gonna laugh every time i say that because i know you have a real name but i don't know what your name is it's about what you want and what's important to you and i would just say sometimes love comes um, on a winding road and you don't really know where it's going and you don't really know who you're going to become and you don't know how they're going to change and it could go could go badly, it could go wonderfully, and you don't know. So it's so important to know who you are and to know what you actually can put up with. I agree, you don't wanna be a controlling person. So um, you said, I still love him so much and it's breaking my heart to leave someone because of my one boundary. Was I asking too much? And again, no, it's not too much if it's what you really want. 
And there are people who would totally be on board with that. It's like, no way, they wouldn't do weed either or smoke. They wouldn't do that either. So there's people like that, that you can, you can end this relationship and create an opening in your life to meet somebody who matches your standards about that. That's what you're looking at. But you love this person. It sounds like it's real, you know, so uh, honestly, I'm behind you to have deeper communication about this. And on something like this, I think couples counseling is totally in order. If the relationship is worth something and you guys need to get to a deeper truth about, is this really what your boundary is? Is this really how he needs to be? Who is he really? If there were no um, rules on him on how to be in this relationship and he could just be himself, which I think everybody ultimately must be themselves and will be themselves, right? No matter what they say so that they can keep a relationship. You know, we all do that, not just him, all of us. You know, but what is really his heart's desire? What's your heart's desire? And I think with greater honesty together, you could get to that and it would become clearer what to do. But I just want to give you some validation, but also some space to think about this. I don't know if it's worth staying with him and continue to make sure he's not doing cigarettes or weed. Okay, that's where I say, oh, that's where you're being controlling. It's not your job to make sure that he's not doing cigarettes or weed. And I speak from deep experience. I've talked to people about it here. I've been with, um, I had a relationship with an addict twice before, and it ended very badly in both cases. And in both cases, what happened was, in one case, they were clean and sober, and then they relapsed. In another case, I, I didn't know. It was an early relationship, and I didn't know, but they were, they were using. And when I found out, I, I couldn't really handle in the relapse in the first case and the honesty of the total addiction going on in the second case. And we're talking about heroin in both cases. So it was like really clear to me, there was like no way that this made sense in my life. But because I was already totally attached to each of them when I was confronted with the truth, oh my gosh, I just, I didn't have the power to leave. And so I spent a period of time in both of those relationships trying to make sure they didn't do heroin, all right? And just take it from me, there was nothing I could do. There was no threat I could make. There was no um, virtue I could accomplish. I went to meetings every day. I just, I was doing everything. I was encouraging them. I was loving. I would shut the door. I would refuse to see them. I like tried everything frantically. And in the end, there was nothing I could do. And both of those people died. And in both cases, the moment I found out that they had died, it became so clear to me how all my efforts to try to make them be a certain way was vanity. It was just me trying to, trying to be, trying to have the love I always wanted, but being in a completely impossible situation that was clearly impossible from the get-go. So you're talking about occasional use of cigarettes and weed. It's probably not life and death, and I don't mean to diminish your your feeling about it. Like it's important to you, and there may I'm, I believe you that you have very good reasons for that. Um, but I think people have to be themselves. They have to decide these things themselves. And two people being themselves and freely living how they want to live can decide if they can make that happen together. And sometimes people will make adjustments for that. But you just have evidence that the adjustments that he's making are ones that he can't really make or have so far hasn't been able to. I'd be totally fine with you changing your standard about that. I'd also be totally fine with you deciding that you can't do this anymore. You say, honestly, I... I still love him so much, it's breaking my heart. So if this is somebody you really love, and if, if he does feel the same way about you, there's more to this story. There's more to discover. One thing you can do is you can go to Al-Anon. Al-Anon is for families of alcoholics, and they are comfortable bringing in people who are 
you know, if it's weed or cigarettes. But it's about learning how to allow other people to figure out their own rules about these things and to take care of yourself, keep the focus on yourself, and so that you can make decisions that are not triggered, not manipulative, not trying to make the other person, but deciding honestly, is this person, when they're being themselves, is it somebody that you would like to be with? That's, that's where love lives. Love is not trying to make somebody fit your ideal for them, even if they promised it. You know, I, I'd be disappointed too if he said he would and he didn't, but he is who he is. You are who you are. And um, Al-Anon is a place that's been tremendously helpful to me in having to deal with what happened in my life. And, uh, and also because of the way I grew up, right, with alcoholic parents, I was kind of pre-programmed to get squirrely around other people's addictions. So I got a lot of clarity there and I was able to move on with my life and no longer have that, dr that drama in my life anymore. So you have to find your truth. You need to be who you are and be honest with yourself about that. And sometimes controlling other people's decisions isn't where our safety lies. Our safety lies in knowing that we're true to ourselves and that we've been fully honest with ourselves. So you didn't tell me why it was hard for you to deal with somebody smoking or, or doing weed. Um, so that's, that's something to go deeper in. I would definitely recommend to the two of you that you do some couples counseling so you have a place where you can get real with each other about what happened, what's really important, and how much each of you is willing to do to make it work together. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.